You're listening to the Brand Ed Podcast with Robbie Fowler, Episode 5. We're looking at Part 3 of the Radical Empathy Brand Framework. And by the time we wrap up this episode, you'll know the answer to these questions. What is marketing, its strengths and its weaknesses for your personal brand and your business? What are the two basic types of marketing that you need to know? And what's the relationship between marketing and branding? Now, the waters are muddy there, but does it really matter to your business if you know the difference? Let's explore those questions together. For today's episode, and welcome to the Brand Ed Podcast. This is where you learn how to build a life giving personal brand and business. I believe that the chaos and the confusion around branding and marketing and business strategy leads to burnt out leaders, underperforming businesses, and life draining brands. And the best way forward is to connect your branding, marketing, and business strategy together so that you can become a better leader, build a stronger business, and bless the customers you serve. If you haven't already, I would invite you to subscribe now so you don't miss out on building a life giving brand. Well, let's jump in today. I'm excited about where we are. We're talking about the Radical Empathy Brand Framework. And the Radical Empathy Brand Framework, as we introduced this concept a few episodes back, it's kind of like a master plan if you're a growing city. So if you were a city planner and you're in charge of a growing city, then that master plan makes all of the, once you have that in place, it makes the decisions much, much easier. And that's very similar to the Radical Empathy Brand Framework. Once we get a framework that's going to help us organize our marketing and our branding and our messaging and our copywriting and our business strategy and pull those pieces together and see how they work together, then that really empowers you and keeps you from wasting time. And it helps you not feel overwhelmed. It helps to start to free you up and give you great clarity and great focus. So let me recap. Again, if you haven't listened to the previous episodes, please go back and do that because that's going to lay out the framework and where we are so far. You're going to be jumping. If you don't do that, then you're just jumping in and this won't make as much sense, won't be quite as helpful for you. So go back and listen to the previous episodes. But if you've been tracking with me, let's recap where we've been. When we talked about the framework, we either literally you drew this out or maybe you drew this out in your mind. We took a piece of paper. We turned it sideways. The first thing we drew was a rectangle like a picture frame about an inch inside the border of the paper. And then we drew two scary looking cliffs, one on the left hand side and one on the right hand side. And on that left hand cliff, we drew a little stick figure and then we wrote above that stick figure customer. That stick figure represents your customer. And we said that they have a problem they can't solve themselves or a possibility they can't secure themselves. And then on the right-hand cliff, all the way across the page, we drew your business. If you're a personal brand, then you can draw a stick figure, put your name above it. If you run a business, 
you're an entrepreneur and you have an actual business, then you'd put the name of your business. You could draw a little building or you could draw a stick figure. Doesn't matter. That something that just represents you. And then we we put next to that, you've got a solution to your customer's problem and you can help them secure that possibility. So solution insecure is what we wrote there. That was part two. Then the next thing we drew is a bridge that connects the left-hand scary, scary cliff over there where your customer is, connects it all the way across to the cliff on the right-hand side where your business is. And today we're going to look that bridge we said is supported by three pillars because that's a long bridge going a long way across. And so we need some support. And the first pillar is what we're going to dive in today. That first pillar that supports the bridge is marketing. It's marketing. So in that picture, and you can check out the show notes, I've got a reference to that. You can go see my scribble drawing of this super simple framework. It's a scribble drawing because on purpose, it needs to be something that is transferable. As I teach this to people, I've even had one of the clients that I taught this to, they said, hey, I got up this morning and redrew the framework out in my journal this morning. That's a massive win. That means this is transferable and you can actually own it. It's something you can actually use. So on the left hand, between the left hand cliff and the right hand cliff, the one where your customer is on the left and the one where your business is on the right, we drew a bridge. And remember, this is a long bridge and a long bridge needs support. Otherwise, that customer feels like it's really scary. They're not sure if they can trust you. They don't want to step off the cliff and onto the bridge because it's so long if they're not sure that it is something that can be supported. And so that first pillar that's going to support that bridge is your marketing. So let's talk for a second about what is marketing. And sometimes there's a a debate between marketing and sometimes it's even a feud between marketing and branding. And is that just insiders, right? Marketers, turf war against those that are kind of in the branding camp versus those that are in the marketing camp. Is that interesting turf wars that you can kind of watch them you know, wrestle about and go, oh, that's interesting, but it doesn't matter to you? Or is it something that you should actually pay attention to? Does it actually matter to you if you're a personal brand or if you're a business, the relationship between those? And will it actually impact your bottom line if you know the difference between the two? So let's talk about what marketing is first. Marketing, that first pillar that supports the bridge, marketing is about primarily about increasing awareness. It's about increasing awareness. Let's keep this really simple. Marketing is about helping you make sure more people know about your personal brand or about your business. That's the role of marketing. It's about going wide more than it's about going deep. So marketing is about increasing awareness. Another way to think about it that I explain it, it's like the invitation of a handshake. So when you meet someone new, you extend your hand, that handshake, when you stick your hand out, that's what marketing it's like. Maybe it's you could think of it if you're at a convention or a workshop or a conference and you stick that hand out to meet someone new, that's what marketing is. Marketing, also, I would define it this way. It's an invitation, right? It's like that handshake. It's an invitation based on a transaction. It's an invitation based on a transaction. So it's an invitation into what would be a potential relationship, but it is based on a transaction. If we go back to the handshake analogy, I extend my hand 
the transaction I'm hoping for is that you would extend your hand back and say, hello, it's nice to meet you. The initial invite into a relationship would take place. That's the role of marketing. So that that transaction doesn't have to be a monetary transaction. It could be, I sent you an email. The transaction is a, you read it. I posted a resource guide on my site as a, a, a marketing piece. The transaction is you give me your email address and the relationship starts. Okay, so that's marketing. It's about increasing awareness. It's like a handshake. It's about going wide. It's a invitation based on a transaction. Now, what about the relationship between marketing and branding? If that's what marketing is, then what the heck is branding? Are those just two different words for primarily the same thing? It doesn't matter. We don't just want to get into the debate for the sake of debate. We're not, most of us, I don't think, we're not in a university context where we're just bantering ideas back and forth because that's what we do. What's the relationship between marketing and branding? Do you need to know? Well, I'm going to go into much more detail in episode seven when we talk about branding, but let me give you a few teasers now. First, they are different. They are very much different. There is a difference between marketing and branding. Those aren't two different terms for the very same thing. The second thing I'll say, again, I'll say more about how they're different in episode seven, but at least let me throw it out there. They are different. The second thing I'll say is that knowing the difference between marketing and branding is very, very valuable. Knowing the difference is very, very valuable. So that's why I want you to keep listening. Stick around in episode seven. We'll unpack that some more. The other thing I would say about the relationship between marketing and branding is most of us are better or more natural at one over the other. That's sometimes one of the reasons there's some debate out there between marketing and branding. Those in the marketing camp tend to be better at marketing. Those in the branding camp tend to be better at branding. And yes, there is a turf war that can happen sometimes. But even for your personal brand or your business, probably one of those will come more naturally to you than the other. Knowing the difference between the two and knowing that they're different is one way to know which one you're more natural at and which one you may need some help with and which one you could use some help, you know, strengthening that for your personal brand and for your business to grow it. So that's marketing. Just a little teaser about the relationship between marketing and branding. Let's talk just for a second about the strengths and weaknesses of marketing. Marketing has some things that make it wonderfully powerful, that make it strong, that make it exciting. And there are some things that that it's helpful to know, hey, marketing isn't the end-all be-all. I can't do everything. In fact, there are some things it's not great at doing. So strengths, what are some strengths of marketing? And again, we'll unpack this also in a future episode. But here are some strengths for us to consider. Marketing can be, not always, but it can be fast. I can send an email out. I can purchase a Facebook ad and I can start getting action results, transactions immediately. So one of the strengths of marketing, it's fast. There's no slow about it. It can be fast. Yes, you can trickle out some marketing things, but but marketing has the ability to be fast. Another strength that has the ability to be immediate. Like you flip the marketing switch and you can literally see stuff happen immediately. That's one thing that makes it 
oftentimes appealing or attractive to personal brands or to entrepreneurs or even certain personality types. If you're naturally a go-go-getter, then this will scratch that itch. Like it feels exciting like a competition. You fire off the marketing and you sit there and you go ding, ding, and you see stuff happen immediately. Another strength of marketing is oftentimes it's measurable. You can measure your return on investment. You can measure things like how much did it cost us per lead? We spent this on marketing. We got this many leads. What did it cost for us to get an individual lead? So that's another strength of marketing. It can be very data-driven. It can be very... You can prove it and, and make adjustments based on data and watch the data. That also is very appealing. And, and again, it's appealing to sometimes to a certain type of person more than a, another kind of person. If you hate data and reports and all that stuff, then that may not fire you up. But it is a strength of marketing. It's fast. It's immediate. It's measurable. You can look at the return on investment. And for many of those reasons, it is exciting. It's exciting, particularly when it generates revenue, right? Hooray. That's when it gets real exciting. When you put the marketing out there and stuff starts to happen and that stuff winds up in your bank account, that's fun. That's exciting. That's necessary. That, that can be a fantastic thing. So those are some strengths of marketing. But marketing isn't the end-all, be-all. There are some weaknesses. So let's talk for a second about a few weaknesses. Marketing is susceptible to circumstances. For example, as I record this podcast episode, we are in the throes of a pandemic. The nature of a pandemic is that pandemics are often not super predictable. But right now, in the middle of a pandemic, marketing is more of a challenge. It's not that you can't do it. It's not that you can't have success doing it. But it certainly makes things more challenging. And, and much of that would depend on what you're trying to market and what you do in your personal brand or business. But if you were doing in certain parts of the U.S., if your personal brand was C-level consulting or mid-management consulting and you know three-fourths of your clients or potential clients just got laid off or they're in a, you know, a pay freeze or, or something like that, probably don't want to be firing off a bunch of ads and marketing things at them. That feels really, it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good. It does not feel appropriate. Marketing for all of its great things, it can be susceptible to circumstances, right? You can go, ooh, maybe not the time to launch that, to do that, to to go push that, to market that. Another weakness is that it can be it can feel salesy and kind of transactional. We've all been the recipient of that. It does not have to be by its nature, but it can slide into that pretty easily. Sometimes, even when we who are initiating the marketing, we don't intend that. But sometimes it can feel salesy. It can feel a little transactional. It can make the customer feel like they are a means to an end, your profit or my profit, if they're on the receiving end of that. Here's a very, very simple example that, again, most of us can relate to. A, an example of that salesy, transactional ugh, feeling that marketing can create is new customer marketing for promos for things like 
wireless companies like AT&T or Verizon or Sprint. So I don't know if you've ever been... When, when you're one of those customers, if you're a current AT&T customer, you watch a Verizon ad and they all say things like, hey, if you switch over to us in their marketing campaign, we'll pay off your AT&T bill, we'll buy your iPhones, we'll get you two new cars, and we'll send you on a 10-day vacation to Hawaii. I mean, they promise the moon to try to get a customer to switch over and to come to them in their marketing. It all looks like they're duking it out between each other. AT&T will throw one out, and then Verizon will come back, and then Sprint will throw their version in. And then T-Mobile will take a stab at it. And man, they roll out the red carpet in their marketing promos for a new customer. And then you'll see the same kind of tactics, marketing tactics, between any sort of satellite company versus cable television. They're all freaking out about cord cutters and scrambling for the same customers in their marketing. So they'll do the same thing. They'll promise you the moon. The problem is if you're an existing customer, like most of us are, and not the new customer or the customer they're, they're targeting in that marketing, then it makes you feel like crap. They'll roll out the red carpet to get a new customer, but I can't get a hold of a person if my life depended on it when I call customer support. So I'm your existing customer paying a nice little monthly fee to you. And I can't get your attention no matter what. And yet you're promising the moon to new customers. So those are some examples all of us have felt where marketing, the weakness of marketing can come through. That it can feel salesy, it can feel transactional, it can make me feel as a customer. When I'm in the role of the customer, it can make me feel like, uh, pretty sure I'm just a means to your end. You're trying to hit some quarterly corporate goal or whatever. Like, I'm not important to you. Evidently, getting a new customer and reporting back to shareholders how you've grown the customer base, that seems important. But me as an existing customer, I sure don't feel important. And then one last weakness is that for you as a personal brand, for you as an entrepreneur, for you running a business, even a brick and mortar business, one weakness of marketing is that it can be an unforgiving black hole with an insatiable appetite to consume your time and your money. Am I right? It can be unforgiving, right? It's not the the nicest master marketing isn't. It can be very unforgiving. I was talking with a client. They were dabbling in some Facebook ads and not we're, uh, they weren't real clear on you know how to set up some of the demographics. There was a little bit of a lack of clarity on some of the reporting and how that works. And so we didn't spend a ton of time, but on, on a coaching call with them, we were looking at one of the recent ads and I was just walking them through. So let's take a look. Here's how much you're paying per lead. This is how many times people have seen it. This is how many engagements you've had from those engagements. This is how many clicks you've had. And we were we were just walking through that. And you could see literally it was a Zoom call. You could see the look on the other person's face that just the look of disappointment. Now, they didn't spend tons and tons of money, but still, they had spent money. And now that we were looking like we popped the lid a little bit, you could see they're thinking, I'm not sure that was the best use of money. But guess what? Facebook was more than happy to take their money. They also, we looked real quick at some posts that they boosted, uh, but they had no real way of tracking how effective those were, just the way they had set them up. 
But Facebook is not going to call them and say, hey, we noticed you're regularly spending money with us and we just were noticing your return on investment isn't great. And so we wanted to either stop taking your money or help you. Uh, No, they'll just gladly, hey, give us another 50 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever you want to spend. They'll gladly take it. It can be a very, very unforgiving black hole. It's got an insatiable appetite. You can throw money all over the place at marketing if you want to. And all of the places where you can throw it, if you just stuck to social media, LinkedIn wants your advertising dollars, Facebook wants your marketing dollars, Instagram wants your ad dollars. I mean, they're all vying for that. They have an insatiable appetite and they're all bombarding you. You know that feeling. So it can absolutely consume your time. It can drain your money. It can leave you scrambling around. So that is a weakness of marketing. It's got an insatiable appetite. It's kind of like a a black hole that if you're not careful, it it won't warn you. It'll just keep draining those things. Whether or not they're really working or not, usually whoever's taking that time and money that doesn't care. That's that can be that's unfortunate, uh, but it is a weakness of marketing. So that's a quick look at that first pillar. It's part three of the radical empathy brand framework, which means it flows much more naturally. Your marketing is far less feels less forced. It even brings clarity. It helps you avoid the black hole when it's part three, not part one. When marketing flows out of part one of the Radical Empathy Brand Framework, knowing your customer, knowing the problem that they can't solve, knowing the possibility they can't secure, makes you developing your marketing far more easier. It brings brings clarity. It makes it more focused. It can help you avoid spending time and money marketing in ways or marketing in areas or marketing on platforms that don't make sense given what you now know about your customer. And then it flows out of part two, which is you saying, if that's the way our customers feel about the problem they can't solve or the possibility they can't secure, here's how we connect what we do to show them this is how we can help them solve that problem or secure that possibility, then you could see how that would make your marketing much easier knowing what to say, again, knowing where to say it, how to say it. Those come into great, much greater focus when marketing is part three. And when you understand the strengths and weaknesses, and then as we continue to talk through the rest of the framework, you understand where marketing fits in with the other pieces. So let's remember marketing's primary job. Marketing's primary job is to make more people aware of your personal brand or your business based on a transaction. And that might be what I would call pure marketing. Pure marketing is the kind that that really its primary role is just to shake more hands like a presidential candidate, kiss more babies, just make more people aware based on some sort of a transaction. The transaction could be look at the billboard that you put on the highway. It could be look at the sign out front. But its its job is to make more people aware based on a transaction. That's called pure, what I would call kind of quote, pure marketing. And, and the other primary job marketing is, has, it, one is to make more people aware. The other is to make people more aware. Okay, I'm going to say that again because those sounded probably pretty similar. 
One of the primary jobs is to make more people aware. That's just think going wide, shaking more hands. But the other kind of primary job of marketing is to make people more aware. And I would say if the first kind is pure marketing, this is more like sales marketing. This is when this is the marketing you do when in particular you're trying to sell something for revenue, for a dollar, you know, at a price. So examples of pure marketing where you just make more people aware that you're there. Uh, social media can be an example of that as you're regularly posting on social, not, you know, not asking for a transaction, not, not running an ad for a course or a product or something. You're just out there on social, getting your name out there, getting your brand out there. That's an example of pure marketing, what I'd call pure marketing. If you have a brick and mortar business, a sign out in front of your business, that would be an example of pure marketing. You just want when somebody's driving down the road that, hey, your business exists and could help them if they need their shirts cleaned and you're a cleaner. Another example of pure marketing might be content marketing. It could be a blog article. It could be a resource you're putting out there, just a way that you're helping your audience, your customers, potential customers, future customers, where you're not, again, asking for a transaction. That's called content marketing. It's a part of a stream that would hopefully bring them around so that they would eventually become a paying customer. But in many ways, it's, it's pure marketing. There's no ask or call to action to buy something at the end of that article. Here are a couple examples of what I would call maybe sales marketing. This is where you make people more aware, more aware that they need something, more aware that you can solve a problem for them. When you write launch emails, when you're about to launch something, you're about to launch an online course, you're about to launch a product, you're about to um, launch a coaching program or whatever, and you build these emails out that help launch the product. Well, that's marketing, but that's sales marketing. It's making people more aware of something that you can help them with, the problem that you solve, the possibility that you secure. Uh, Facebook ads, promoting a product that is part of a funnel that drives them to a product. That would be an example of sales marketing. And then another you know, quick example of sales marketing would be like a sales page. Uh, a sales page, again, for a product, a course, like a sales landing page for something that you're launching or selling. So that's a quick run through the marketing pillar. It's part three of the Radical Empathy Brand Framework. And it's the first pillar that supports that bridge that really connects your customer over to your personal brand or your business. And likewise, your personal brand or your business over to your customer. That's a long bridge. We want it to be supported. We want it to be sturdy. We want it to build trust. You think about it like extending a hand. It's where you begin to get their attention to introduce yourself, your personal brand or your business to them. Now, at the beginning of this episode, I said, you're going to be able to answer three questions. What is marketing and its strengths and weaknesses for your personal brand? Well, you now know marketing is primarily about increasing awareness. It's about making more people aware. And in the sales marketing approach, it's about making people more aware. And some of the strengths, it's measurable and you can make money. It will generate revenue and money, assuming you have something good that you're selling out there that really helps your your customer. It's measurable and you can make money. And that that's exciting. That's a strength. Some of the weaknesses we mentioned is that it can be a black hole that just gobbles up your time. It can be a money pit and it is susceptible to circumstances, even circumstances beyond your control, like a pandemic. And then I said, 
you're going to be able to answer what are the two basic types of marketing that you need to know. That's the pure marketing and the sales marketing. You need to know the difference between the two to know which one you're doing. Is this just literally about making more people aware that we're here so they could come check us out and and kind of pull them into what I what I call pull them into your ecosystem? Or is this more directly a sales type of marketing where you're trying to drive a particular sale? So those are the two basic types of marketing that you need to know. And then the third question I said you'll be able to answer is what's the relationship between marketing and branding? There's debate, there's feuds out there. You know, do you really need to know the difference? We just teased it so far, but I want you to know yes, there is a difference. Both marketing and branding can be significant sources of revenue for your brand and for your business, which means the more you know about the role each of them plays and how they do work together and the ways they are kind of related, but the, way the ways that they're different, the more you know about that, that means the better equipped you are to use them to grow your bottom line, to, to grow your revenue. Now, on the next episode, we're going to dive into part four of the Radical Empathy Brand Framework. We're going to talk a little bit about your core message. It's that second middle pillar that supports your bridge that connects you to your customer and your customer to you. So I hope you will join me there. In the meantime, I would love to connect with you. You can find me on the various social media platforms like Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. I'm on Instagram probably the most. Or you can email me. I'd love to get an email from you. Robbie at RobbieF.com. That's R-O-B-B-Y. Robbie with a Y. Robbie at RobbieF.com. I would also love it if you would leave a review on iTunes. That will help other people know you know the game. If you listen to podcasts, you know how it works. Any of us trying to launch a new podcast, your reviews really matter because it helps other people know that they can get value here. So if you found any value here, I'd love for you to go to iTunes and leave a review. And again, make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. And don't forget to check the show notes. I will put in there a free resource I have for you. It's my top 20 website resources for 2020. These are the top 20 resources I use day in and day out. These are not reserved just for web developers or web designers. You can use these resources and tools for your marketing, for your branding, and to help you keep up and and improve your website. So go grab that. It's free. You can find that link in the show notes. You'll find that at at my website, RobbieF.com. And you'll also find, I'll put a link in the show notes to the Radical Empathy Brand Framework drawing. So if you didn't catch that drawing, you can see what we've been talking about verbally. You can actually see what that looks like. Another thing, if, you, if you're listening and you're creative, you might want to check out my Organize Your Digital Life for Creatives. It's a little product. It's how I organize all of my projects literally since 2001 when I started doing this. This is my my way of organizing all of my projects that I've done for clients. It keeps everything in order. It has literally worked for me for almost 20 years now, 19 years. I've never messed with the system. It just works. So if that's you, go check that out. I'll put a link in the show notes to that as well. It's only $27. It's going to walk you through how to finally get all of that stuff organized so you're not losing stuff, trying to find stuff, trying to track it down, trying to figure out every time you get a new creative project like How do I save this one? Where do I put this one? How do I store all the files that are going with it? Because the client's going to want them and you know how it goes. So go check that out if that would be helpful for you. 
And then I will also put a link in there to my recommended resource page off my site. You'll find all kinds of goodies there. Thanks again so much for listening. And I can't wait to uh, jump into your core message next time. In the meantime, you have a great week. We'll see you next time. Go build a life-giving brand. Life-giving brand.